And welcome to the episode of Deal Talk. I'm Theo. Let's talk. Uh, my guest of the evening is a uh, entrepreneur, uh, an author, uh, an autistic autism advocate. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, can welcome to Victor Antunes. Welcome to the show, man. How are you? Thank you, Dio Mark. Thank you for the introduction. Very cool of you. Thanks. Nah, it's an honor having you, man. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm good. You know, uh, glad to be a dad. Uh, glad to be on your show. So it's all good. You know, glad to be in Miami. So I uh, can't complain there either. Yes, hot, yes, 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 yes. I, I feel that 100%, man. So you, you have this awesome book, A Blueprint. Um, can you... Can you tell us what's the name and, and what inspired you to create a, an amazing book to, to help parents that have children with autism? Yeah, sure. So the book is the Autism and Special Needs Family Relocation Blueprint. And the reason that I, what inspired me was I was living in Peru with my wife. I'm from Miami, but I had moved down there. I got married to a Peruvian lady. We had kids. And then at around like two and a half uh, three, my daughter um, was diagnosed with autism. Wow. So uh, not the end of the world, but the problem with Peru, and it's probably, you know, a lot of countries, is that no matter how wealthy you are, they just don't have the resources that you're going to find in the U.S. and in particular Miami. So um, I had originally planned with my wife to just stay living in Peru. But for my daughter's sake, we decided to come back because there are just, like I said, there's more resources. So, you know, relocating, you know, even if you're relocating back home with an autistic child just presents certain challenges. Mm -hmm. So the book actually just came out of my own lived experience of, of, of living it and doing it and uh, becoming a real estate agent. I realized that there's probably going to be a market for a book like this, people that could, you know, they could uh, benefit from it. So that's mm -hmm. that was the genesis of the book. Well, that's amazing. That's something I definitely myself I uh I would definitely invest in that book for myself because I, I as as you know, I, I also have a uh, autistic son. He's six right now. And you know, I, I don't I don't know about Miami, but I'm here in New Jersey. Um I live in the like I live fifteen minutes away from New York and the resources for like children with autism, like it's horrendous. Like I every day, my wife and I we drive an hour away to to get him into an ABA service center to help him with uh you know his uh, behavior issues right um, mm -hmm. he's nonverbal um, pandemic did a real number on us and we're like it held us back and his progress because it was lack of services right so you know but like that would just to hear your experience alone it's 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 amazing you, you did that. Kudos to you. Yeah. So, you know, thank you. So my daughter is also six. So she is a pandemic child. So yeah, that, uh, mm. that was kind of rough. You know, it's hard to have you. Cause you know, you know, when you're a little kid, like, I don't know about you, but I was a seventies kid and we were just like free range. Like we could just go on our bikes all day long, come back yes. for lunch, be back the sunsets. But with, you know, with the pandemic, you know, no matter what your uh, perspective is on, you know, how free your kids can be, they just couldn't be free. They had to be in the yeah. house on lockdown. So, yeah, it was pretty rough. And, you know, she's also nonverbal. So, you know, the hard part about that, you know, is that they, they can't communicate. They can't tell you. Mm -hmm. All they can do is have a meltdown, which is uh, which is rough. But, you know, which it is, is what like it an is. An hour, two hours, three hours, depending. It could go on for a while. It could go on for a And while also at night food. with the night terrors, they could have the night terrors so nobody gets sleep. So, yeah, it was hard. And the pandemic, you know, because at least when you take them to the parks, you can, like, run them out. You know, let them mm -hmm. run around and get tired, come home, they go to sleep. But with uh with the lockdown that wasn't an option so uh it was rough man so you know i i know exactly where you are because our kids are the same age yeah yeah man i i get it um for us it was like um here they have this service and where like uh you can get some assistance with your child if he if he's showing you know any resemblance of, uh how would you say special needs so like mm -hmm. The scheduling is horrible because it was scheduled me every six months. So it came wow. six months, right? He's like two and a half. Uh, the the person, whoever was um, involved, canceled, didn't let us know. So they rescheduled for uh, three down, three, uh, six months down the road, right? So six months down the road, like after, after he turns three, 
they can no longer uh, provide you services. So we got like at least two weeks of services because in two weeks that passed, we we're going to pass. We we're going to turn. He was going to turn three. Mm-hmm. And pandemic hit. <laughs> yeah. So now everybody, six months wait period. We will do through telehealth, right? And yet again, somebody canceled. Either somebody canceled. We had to reschedule for another five to six months, or um, they couldn't. They would tell us, oh, "I can't. I'm not the one to diagnose your child." Right. So we had to come out well, of pocket, do our due diligence, and and figure out. And he got diagnosed. Yeah, I don't know how it was with your boy, but with my daughter. They wouldn't give us an official diagnosis until three. They said, you know, there's there's so little, you know, you never know mm-hmm. what's gonna happen, the development. So, you know, around like two, two and a half, we just kind of knew, yeah. but they wouldn't give us an official diagnosis until three. And listen, I'm not pitching Miami now, but I can tell you this. Um, right now, there's a big internal migration in the US for a lot of reasons, political, what have you. And honestly, I would tell people that, you know, if you're in a place with like tight autism services. You know, there are places that have just got great autism services. You know, Miami happens to be one of those places in all of Florida. So, uh, you know, I guess I am plugging Miami, <laughs> not plugging yeah. me per se. I tell you that there's, you know, people move for all, all sorts of reasons. Look, my parents left Cuba because of communism. They didn't yeah. want to leave Cuba. They would rather have stayed there. But sometimes you just got to move because you just got to move. So, uh, you know, I, I'm I'm thankful that we are where we are because the services are there. But. You know, and then I'd say California, it's even worse there. Cause you know, I'm on these autism groups, probably you probably are too on Facebook. Yeah, yeah. And you read all the stories. And it's like, man, especially for the single moms out there, my heart goes out to them because it's not easy, man. No, one one hundred percent. You know, I I would say this, just you know, because it's something you gotta dive into. You gotta do your due diligence because it's not like it, the information is there. You'll go to a, a regular pediatric doctor. And they're limited on resources and knowledge because they don't focus on that, right? No. Um, yeah. But I, like, like right now, before we started uh, recording, I I, I use uh, ChatGPT to create a, a whole business plan to yeah, uh, I use it all the time too. It's awesome. Yeah, to to <laughs> yeah. Op- uh, create a uh, a business plan for ABA services to open up a business where I'm located because there's no there's no services, and we're living in a city. That you know, everybody's is coming from New York over here. That is becoming very wealthy investors. You know, you know the real estate game, so it's becoming yeah. um, very uh, overpopulated. And children, like there's you know, left and right children actually with autism around here, and there's no assistance. So you know, that's my at least trying to contribute my you know my service with that. That's good, man. That's awesome. That's a big undertaking. So, you know, I wish you luck. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, how is real estate over there? I know you've that the market has been changing and shifting up, down. You know, like Miami's always doing good. Our problem here is that we're running out of space. You know, we have on the uh, on the um, east side, there's the Atlantic. On the mm-hmm. west side, there's Everglades National Park. And so there's literally nowhere to go. So um, a lot of condos going up. The market's hot as ever, but, uh, you know, there's some signs that there might be a slowdown. You know, we'll see interest rates are up and mm-hmm. there's talk about a recession. So, but, you know, I'm not a, a doomsday guy until, until we're there. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to like sing that song, but mm-hmm. right now things are good. And, um, man, I love Miami. <laughs> I, tell you, I really no, love I can place. imagine it's beautiful. You know, the Caribbean, you know, I grew the up, in, I grew, yeah, I grew up in Puerto Rico all my life. I came, I officially okay. moved on my own, what, 2010. And, you know, mm-hmm. I wish I could go back, but, you know, then the hurricanes and everything whatnot went on over yeah. there. Economy is still fluctuating. Uh, now people that are very wealthy are moving over there, taking uh, a lot of land, investing. So it's it's mm-hmm. it's getting up there, you know, but the more it gets up there, the more, you know, the far my, my price range uh, goes yeah. <laughs> to, to be able to, to purchase, you know. Um, what's... uh. You know, what's one of the things that you notice about this market that it's has been unusual? Like in Miami. Yeah. I mean, it's difficult. Miami's always popping, so. Miami's always popular. You know, like uh, we have people from the U.S. moving here because of the favorable tax situation. 
we have a lot of people like let's say from venezuela moving here because of mm. political reasons so miami is just you know it, it's a hot market so you know you can't gauge the u.s market by miami it, it'd be like saying let's gauge the u.s market by new york you, you know you mm -hmm. can't do it because uh, this place it's an unusual place you know a few years ago i was in colombia and um it was a layover and it, and it held up so there was a lounge there where you could purchase internet time and this was a uh, it was actually it was last year and the password was Miami 2022. So hmm. I'm like in Cartagena, Colombia. <laughs> These people, their password to their Wi-Fi is Miami 2022. So Miami is just, you know, it's one of those places that uh, it's an unusual place. Love place. You know, I love it. I mean, you know, if you're going to be Latin, I always tell people there's not a better place in this country to be Latin than Miami. Because, I mean, like English here is optional. Uh, I don't know how you feel about that. But I, it's, it's like my comfortable spot. Like you could leave PR not knowing any English move to uh, Miami, you'd be good because you blend right in. So this is just a fantastic place. But here, I, I sound imagine, like a, like a person from Miami. So, you know, sorry about uh, that. No, <laughs> it's, it's, it's awesome. I mean, who wouldn't want to yeah. be in Miami? Yeah. You know, like over here right now, like we, we, we haven't touched mid August and it's already changing. Like if it's like fall almost like it's becoming well, Miami's windy. Super hot right now. Yeah. Super That's hot. Right so you gotta right be ready now. for that. Yeah, it's not like it's not like the PR where you probably have got like constant ocean breezes. Miami gets quite hot, so uh, so you know there is that. But the rest of the year, it's awesome. I love it here. And like uh, I was saying earlier, that uh, you know, as an autism parent, you really have to like you know like weigh your options. Like I know, like in these Facebook groups, there are parents who live in very rural areas, and they're talking about like driving two hours. It's like, you know, uh, two hours. Like you know, you gotta make, you gotta work and make money. So like I try to make my 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 life bubble as small as possible. So like like. Honestly, if I was living in a place that's like two hour drive, that's so rural, I would seriously consider a, a move. I'm not, you know, I'm telling you, you got to come to Miami, but, uh, you know, as an autism parent looking for these services, you know, you got to go where they are. Cause you know, it's, it's, um, you know, if it's government sponsored, it's, it's free. So you, you can't beat that. See over here, like we haven't had that, um, at, at least in my experience, like we haven't had assistant with their government everything is out of pocket like me and my wife are an entrepreneur you know my majority of my days i'm scouting properties to see if if you know reach out you want to invest you want to buy you know floor closing all that you know she's the one making connections with the investors banks and whatnot so it's um it's basically just all us we haven't had any form of support um with anybody literally like the most we've had is is uh, with the insurance to uh, mm -hmm. for the ABA services, but besides that, like it's over here, it's I feel like it's dry. There's not a lot of people specialized with for autism or willing to work with mm -hmm. autism. You know, when in the pandemic we had somebody come to the house, but it's like it's not the same because you know my son maybe have autism, but he's very smart. He'll get his way at home. You know, mm -hmm. so. I don't, I don't know. Like, and then I look at the market, you know, me and my wife have sat down and we're eventually going to make the move and figure out where is the best fit for us. Right. But then we look at mm -hmm. the market, you you look at houses, uh, the inflections are cost more than that. They should cost. Right. So everything's expensive. You look at the work, the, 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 um, the back room of America, which is people working physical labor. It's not worth it. You know, so this is where me and her uh, jumped into entrepreneurship, you know, started 20 million business, failed in 20 million business, just trying to, you know, spend time with our son and be that support system that we know we can be. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah. In Miami, the median home price is $500,000. So uh, definitely uh, it's not cheap here, but I think that the whole country is overpriced right now. We'll see how things yeah. go. It, it, I kind of feel like it's 2008 again, not as bad. But I think that the the prices are like you're saying they're just out of reach for the average buyer. But it just is what it is, you know. Yeah, like uh, I've I've sat down and 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 spoken to certain clients, and we're you know we're trying to discuss, and we're like they want to buy a house, you know, but mm -hmm. the bank will leave. Uh, let's say we'll give them the the minimum for four hundred thousand, but the mostly the properties, even the one uh, are that don't look like this like it looks the most it costs is, is forty thousand dollars right they're not giving that much push they're not really yeah. you know, like it, it doesn't make sense the numbers don't make sense which is something in real estate you know you at your expenses you, you'll you'll notice 
Yeah, things are overpriced. But I'll tell people like, you know, I think that the market is going to, I won't say I knows that, but I think it's going to be a correction. So mm -hmm. now is the time to be cash rich. So, you know, save your money because uh, once there's that turn, and that turn though won't be overnight. It's mm -hmm. like even 2008 didn't have an overnight. It felt overnight, but it mm -hmm. wasn't overnight. It took a few years to get to the very bottom. So uh, now is the time to be cash rich. I mean, people will say like trash is cash. I mean, cash is trash, but uh, that depends on when. So I think that even this year, the correction will start. Um, the bottom will probably take two or three years to get out. So, uh, you know, just ca you know, cash is king during times like that. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Cash is king. That's that's what has the power right now to anybody mm -hmm. to give you room to negotiate because you have it at hand rather than you waiting Absolutely. for a loan. And, you know, but uh, I... I heard uh, that they're coming out with a new loan and we're like, you're literally, all you have to do is have pay stuff for like the last two months of, of employment. Or if, if you're an entrepreneur making, uh, and working for yourself, have pay stuff for the last three months. And they're willing to work where your uh, uh, finance to, to give you a loan over here. So it's getting kind of flexible. Again, I, I don't know the, the, the right name of it, but it, it's speculating around, you know, on the area i mean i haven't heard about that but i can just tell you this that ever since 2008 the lenders there's just there's more oversight there's more rules because nobody wants to go through that again so uh mm -hmm. two months sounds pretty short i gotta tell you you know i have you know it might be a new jersey thing but it, it's not a miami thing that i've heard of no nah, miami no miami miami got money it has it has good land it has a good population miami's amazing you know no, but I'm talking about just like the loans. Like I haven't mm -hmm. heard about that loan program, but it, it might be a local thing in your market. But down here, I haven't heard about it. So I, I can't talk to that. Um, yeah. But I just say since 2008, the lend, everything's gotten just tougher since 2008. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how long did it, did it, uh, did it take you to, to write the, uh, this book? How long? It was probably like a year. I mean, you know, I I, I got to earn. So, you know, I can't be a full-time writer. Uh, mm -hmm. It was probably like a year, you know, and then you have to like find editors and and mm -hmm. uh, formatters and this and that. So let me tell you, a book is a big undertaking and um, you don't write books to make money off the book. You know, you write books uh, because, you know, it, it's maybe it's a passion of yours or as a way to get business in other ways, but nobody... Very few people, unless you're already an established author, should think that I'm going to write a book and make a ton of money off it because you won't. You're going to do it because you have a book in you and you want to get it out of you. And uh, it might open doors like this podcast I'm on right now. I'm here because I wrote a book. But uh, that book by no means has been a moneymaker. So people should be aware of that. But uh, I'm I'm very glad I did it because it lets me, uh, you know, get inside of doors now that I wouldn't have gotten. And I had I had, like I said, I had a book inside of me. I got it out. So that makes me happy. Boom. I'm into that. Yeah. Was it, um, like, was it when, when you sat down to write this book, was it sometimes like you had some of the e emotional, you know, aspects, just re rethinking how everything has gone down because I know like me, uh, as a dad, when I, when I sit with my, uh, my son's therapist and we discuss his game plan and what to work, like, I just, you know, sometimes I can't help but like, you know, walk away and get emotional because just thinking, you know, everything, because it's not easy being a, a, a parent for an autistic child, you know, one of the, you know, people that I say all the time, people that tell you, oh, but he's okay, or, or, or say these things, uh, don't really have experience with children with autism, because it's, it's not easy. Yeah, I gotta tell you, for me, the, and my wife, the emotional time for us was, um, when we first found out the diagnosis. So I got to write in the book like two years afterwards. So I'll be honest, like the, I got the emotional part out of me and um, my wife, she cried. I wasn't that emotional. Uh, I was worried more than anything else. At the same time, it's just like, you know, I'm like a stoic. I'm like, you know, it is what it is. Uh, we'll make the best of it. It's not a death sentence. So, but you know, I mean, it, it was hard at the diagnosis. I'm not sure how it was for you. But, you know, like right now, like I don't get emotional anymore. You know, it is what it is. We're used to it. Um, one thing I will say to other parents that are going through this is personally, for us, it was never a secret. 
everybody in the family, both sides, friends, whatever, everybody knew because there's nothing to be ashamed of. So if there's no shame, there's no secrets, right? So um, we were always very open and it helps to be open because then you can have advocates in the family. If you're keeping it a secret, nobody can help you. Yeah. yeah. See, my, in my experience, it wasn't um, as genuine as yours. Like, you know, my family and my wife's family, we, we started separating. You know, because as Hispanics, we're already Hispanics, you know, the Hispanics, they, they, they like to talk a lot, you know, like to gossip, like to say things you're not supposed to. They like, you know, like to talk crap, you know, sometimes. And at that, uh, we always find ourselves going, partaking with other families, going to the house or whatever they had going on. And, you know, it's always been, what's wrong with asking these questions, you know, almost in judgmental form. Will let mm -hmm. me and my wife to take a major step back because that's not where we want to, you know, the environment we want to raise our child in. So like it, it's just in that aspect, like it's just being me and my wife since day one. Um, Was that back in PR you're talking about, or or in Jersey? Oh, here, here, okay. here, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, everybody's everybody's lived experience is different. For, fortunately for us. Um, well, if there's any gossip going on, I don't hear about it, thankfully, yeah, but I don't yeah. think there is. But, you know, even if there's going to be people will gossip no matter what. So, uh, but I mean, I'm sure that you don't also, you don't keep your son's autism a secret. I'm sure everybody knows about no, it. Right? No, no. We got to, it's, we have to encourage one another to talk about it so, so that can people yes. can start understanding. That's the main thing that, um, like I spoke to this lady from Africa. I, have, I had a, one of my early episodes and we're like, she talks about autism and when she was growing up uh, with, you know, people that she knew with autism, they were like, you know, keeping them in the, in the basement. Like they were, wow. they were treated, they were treated like if they were possessed. Wow. Or somebody That's had done crazy. witchcraft, you know? So like, because we're, we're, we're not, it's not information. Like I can only say and assume, right. Because as a parent, we're going through so much because it's the care for our child, you know, we need money because the economy is going down, you know, resources and all this. We, we lose track of it and we don't, you know, we don't spread the word. You know, I can only speak for myself in that aspect, but you know, we're, it's not talked about. It's not talked about, you know, and then there's autism and we're like, it's combined, let's say with Asperger's autism is combined with Down syndrome. So like, it's, you know, like my son has autism with uh, high sensitivity and uh, high ACHD. Right. So there's so many combination when it comes to autism, then and again, that's another, you know, another wormhole you go under and don't fully com comprehend. So everything's a learning curve. You know, but what I'm seeing, though, about being talked about, I mean, I was born in 1970. So and I remember mm -hmm. in kindergarten, I remember there was a boy that he was always doing this with his head, which is stimming. Mm -hmm. And uh, but back then, I just thought, well, he's just kind of weird. And he was a little bit of violence. So um but he wasn't, it wasn't like, oh, that's an autistic boy. Cause back then there just wasn't a diagnosis. But mm -hmm. um, I can just say like in my community, um, autism is very talked about. Like the University of Miami, they've got a program for autistic kids and 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 um, Miami's working on becoming like a certified autistic city. And Damn, there's museums. You're gonna, you're, gonna, you're, gonna want me, you're gonna make me move over there, man. <laughs> I'm, sorry, I'm, here, I'm, I'm here telling you I'm my, 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 my tragic <laughs> I'm here telling you my tragic story, my how difficult it's been. And you're like, man, Miami has it all. <laughs> like, the, like the zoo, the zoo is a certified autism zoo, first autism zoo in the country. I'm not like, so it's like, uh, so the experience here is different. So I'm gonna just, I'm just, look, the U.S. is a big country. Like, if you look at it on the map, I mean, the U.S. is like almost all of Latin America. If you take out Brazil, you know, and half of that is the jungle. So, um, you know, it's that because there's no jungle anymore. Yeah, there's gonna be very different experiences, but here in Miami, uh, it's no longer in the closet. It's talked about, and uh, a lot of places are going for the autism certification. It's good for business. So um, it's just, I guess, it just depends on where you're at. So, but here, you what, know, here, do you, do you know what what kind of certification are there? There's like I know there's like the well, ABA, the RBT, the all well, these... they'll have like sensory friendly rooms, things like that, and then that will give them the certification. But I don't think this, I don't think that's just like, like a window treatment. I think that they're legit, you know, Yeah. like the police, I think it was, it was either Miami or Miami-Dade police. They got an autism car. The Miami beach also has got an autism car. So it's something that at least here locally is going mainstream. 
And, um, you know, and I don't know anymore, like when we were kids, like, like, were there fewer autistic kids or were they just undiagnosed? I honestly, I don't, I don't really have an opinion, but I just know that um, out and about, I'm seeing more kids that, you know, now that, you know, when you're an autism dad, you can just tell hey, that kid's autistic. Mm -hmm. You can just tell because, you know, you're mm -hmm. around it all day long. So I'm just seeing more autistic kids, but it might just be because I'm living it. So I see it, but um, I mean, you, you, know, you know about it now that you know, is different than when you didn't know, like I experienced the same thing growing up as a child. You know, I, 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 you know, grew up in the in the nineties, and you know, me growing up with my grandparents in Puerto Rico, I used to see all, all the time, and it was a lot of mis, you know, misconstrued, judgmental, all this stuff, yeah. and um, now that I'm older and I've you know, I've educated myself. This is how I, I I took out my certificate and became a journalist, you know, research, 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 and found so many things like, like, autism goes back to the late nineteen hundreds didn't know what um what it was and then you mm -hmm. know speculation was and continued speculation um that autism had to do something with the vaccines because yet again these vaccines are are just they're, they're and paper they look good they don't they don't really know what happens you know after a year after two years after five years mm -hmm. what effect you know air occurs um so i i grew up watching you know, seeing like even me, I look at my son and it's like, I was just like you. The difference between me and my son was like, I, I could speak, you know, I, I, I didn't have that speech delay. And because I was, you know, within, you know, Spanish and English, you know, uh, my communication was like, you know, how do, how do you say like Spanglish? Right. I speak that too. <laughs> yeah. So as as a child, it, it, you're trying to speak and, and get down two different dialogues. You know, it gets confusing. So you slurs your words. You can't really pronounce the word because, you know, here we talk English or we would talk Spanish, so it's difficult. Uh, but I was, you know, I look at my son all the time. It's like, then I'm autistic too. I sometimes so, think the same thing about me. So who knows, you know? Yeah, yeah. But uh, it's what it is. But, you know, I've also got a four-year-old boy and he's going through that uh, the, the speech where he like, he slurs his words because he's between two different languages. It just is what it is. Look, myself, um, I'm not proud of this, but I had to go to summer school for first grade because I didn't speak English. So you imagine that? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I've been through that too. But, yeah, uh, it is what it is, you know? See, Spanish was always natural for me. English was like, that That was challenging. Writing, reading, writing. As a child, it was it, it was really difficult. When it came to Spanish, when I, first, when, when I uh, went to first grade, you know, that I officially moved to Puerto Rico, like I feel like everything came second nature. Everything was so easy, smooth for some reason. Mm -hmm. But I, you know, I feel you, man. It's not easy, especially as a child. Yeah, it's not easy. But you know, we 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 made it. So yeah, we're here. It's not that <laughs> we're, yeah, here. we're here. <laughs> um, we're here. What uh, what have uh, what is one of the things you can you know give advice to um, uh, to other parents regarding how to you know treat and care for a child with autism well I'll, I'll tell you first about the diagnosis around two like two years and three months whatever my daughter's behavior changed but she was my first child so i just thought oh how cute right because you know you don't have anything to, to like to compare to what is normal what is not yeah and then it was actually my mother-in-law who read my wife and i the riot act she's like look there's something wrong with her behavior you need to get her checked because if it wasn't for my mother-in-law, we it's not that we were in denial. We just didn't see what we, you know, we didn't it was know. It just a kid being a kid. Just a kid being a kid. You know, you, you have nothing to go by if it's your first child. So um, at that point, we got like soft diagnosis. Look, we think she's autistic, but we can't tell you for sure. And uh, it was, like I said earlier, it was really hard on my wife. For me, you know, I'm stoic. I'm a guy. So I was like, it, it just is what it is. It's not that I don't care, but I'm not going to break down and ball. You don't so, have time um, for that. I don't have time for that. Yeah, exactly. So uh, I would just say that, you know, if your kid is, you know, their their development changes, get them diagnosed because there's no benefit to not being diagnosed because once they're diagnosed, then they can get help. You know, I'll give you an example. I've got a neighbor. His little boy, uh, when he was younger, was super friendly. And then I started noticing that he would like ignore me on the street. 
And I thought, oh, how rude, this little boy, like, you know, he didn't have any manners. And then I, I learned later on that he's autistic, you know? So um, these behavioral changes, they can just, ha they just happen, you know? It's not your fault, but the sooner you can um, get them diagnosed and, you know, just get ABA, occupational therapy, whatever, the better off they are. In fact, do you know who Temple Grandin is? I've heard of him, yes. Yeah, so she's a lady who uh, had severe autism as a, as a little kid and uh, nonverbal, the whole nine yards. Now she's got a PhD from Colorado University. So the lady, like, you know, she's like, preparada. you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, she, she knows her stuff, yeah. Yeah, and she says, if it wasn't for, uh, for she called mother, you know, we call mom, she says mother, it wasn't for mother, like, you know, making sure that I got the therapies I needed, I wouldn't be where I am. So, uh, you know, so there would have been no benefit to her and she got a PhD now. So, you know, kids, you know, the kids can turn around. Like she was nonverbal, severely autistic and um, got a PhD now. So, but, you know, it was all on the parents to get those kids into some kind of program or therapy or, or whatever, you know, you have mm -hmm. access to, but uh, the earlier you can get them into, the better. Like my daughter, she goes to an autism school, you know, like it's a class setting. And then after school, there's one-on-one. -on -one. So we're just hitting it hard, you know, hoping, you know, that'll, that'll, uh, you know, turn her around, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I get it. Uh, my son, you know, when he was one, two, closer to three, like it's like, it, uh, you know, it, it probably wasn't, but it feels like it happened overnight. Like he was saying Dada, mama, he was eating everything and anything like a normal child. What, what yeah. you know what i witnessed growing up other parents and their children right and you know i don't know where he began to digress you know go backwards and you know next thing he wasn't talking he didn't want to he became a picky eater so you know and you know just you know me and me and my wife are very uh good at timelines and like you know i say my opinion is like it has to be the vaccine or something because in that time frame, they 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 said he needed vaccines. He, so they gave him like three and one, right? And then he had this fever. And then, he, you know, the finger lingered for two or three weeks. And then, you know, until he started recuperating, but going back to normal, things began changing. So I'm not saying it's, it's vaccine, but but I'm also saying like before he got him, it was normal. But again, our yeah, DNA I, or our, our, you know, that's human, we're constantly changing. So... I don't know, but I, I totally agree with you. And where, if you, if you are able to get these services, able to put your your child in here, get them as soon as possible, because it does make a difference. Yeah, and look about the vaccines. I don't really have an like a strong opinion. My kids are vaccinated, but look, I got two kids: my six year old and my four year old. My four year old, normal little boy. So, um, you know, for that reason, I don't have like a strong opinion. But you know, was it the vaccine? Who knows? You can't blame yourself because, you know, you, mm -hmm. you got to get them, you know, like they literally can't go to school if they're not vaccinated. Yeah, so yeah, what do you do. Yeah. No, I, uh, I blame the vaccine shit. I blame the government. I, I blame everybody. <laughs> um, but yeah, man, um, it does make the difference when you put your child in, in these services that are meant to help them. Yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah. It makes it big difference and it socializes them kids have to socialize especially nonverbal kids because you know if you can't talk to people you also in a way don't have a way to gauge your own behavior like what is right what is wrong mm -hmm. so having around other kids um kids got to be socialized and i think that nonverbal kids especially got to be socialized because they don't have that verbal gauge to go by so uh having them in a, in a room full of kids five days a week is, is the best thing for my daughter Got it, got it. Have you have you ever thought about um, you know being an advocate, helping other uh, other families educate themselves on on this this uh, this diagnosed with autism? Absolutely, I've started blogging about this. So hopefully, you know that'll be that'll be one of my ways. I want to become more involved than I am now, but you know my daughter's so young and it's a little bit hard. But um, blogging is my way, and and podcasting and the books are my way to do it. Also, mm -hmm. definitely, you know. Um, it's therapy. And also it's a way to meet other parents, you in the local community. So yeah, I'm definitely for, all for that. See, I don't know. I don't know how to sit there. For me, it's difficult to sit there and, and talk about my experience with, with my son, because I'm, I, I'm my, my uh, son's full caregiver. I'm, I do everything. Mom is the loving, whatever, but dad, he's the foundation. I like, I literally do everything uh, with him. And, um, 
it's more easier like for me to talk about it than sit there and, and, and go through my thoughts because it's just like I'm I feel like for me as a parent as well, I feel like I've I've created some trauma on myself because it has uh, not been uh, like, you know, the pinching. Like I got you look at here, I got scars, I got scratches. Like my body's like my, my, my majority of my my shoulders, my arms got scars and scratches. Uh, from you know scratches and bites like it's been a tedious journey with my son you know like mm -hmm. every night it's it's uh it's not night night like he has this energy energy i don't know what he gets his energy that it takes me you know so like 12 o'clock at night to try to put him to sleep uh he wakes up at three o'clock in the morning so like slowly me and my wife have been deteriorating like it's a it's you know tantrum like I've, I took a, I got my uh, blue belt and Brazilian jiu-jitsu and I use it to like, when he's going in tantrum, like he, he's got to a point where like he dishes it out to himself. Like he gives himself black eye. Like he, he really goes into it. So I have to find a way without hurting him to like, you know, hold him and, and rock him and try to soothe him. And it could take easily mm -hmm. for an hour to two hours, depending if mom walks out, Everybody knows in the household that he's gonna black out. Like it's it's uh it's very challenging. Have you ever tried any like these um like soothing like they they've got like swing sets and things like that that are made just for autistic kids? Man, I have a um, what do you call these? I have a whole swing set in my house in the middle of my living room. Mm -hmm. I have these nuggets that they sell that's supposedly sensory where he goes and throws himself. I have things on the walls. I got the toys. I got the weight blankets. I got any anything and everything. I even got a bouncy house. So when he gets yeah, inside, he turns out and throws himself. So, you know, it, it's a lot. You know, I take him to the park. He runs, you know. That's one thing I love about him, that he's like, he loves nature. Okay. He, that's 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 one thing that, that fascinates me about him. Um, you know, and... And and I might sound like I'm complaining. I'm not. Just the experience, because it's hard. A lot of, I know. Yeah, it's hard. It's yeah. It's a, it's a lot of more hard time than good. And you know, like I, I tell every therapist, is going to get worse before it gets better, and it slowly has. But there's still some challenges. Yeah, you know what's been a big help for my daughter is we bought her. Bruce uh, was a trampoline, and she liked that. But what she really likes is, uh, you know, those pools that you fill full of balls. Mm -hmm. she loves that man she'll spend like just hours in that so that might be a, you know but you know with these kids like you never know what'll be the thing you know you mm -hmm. buy you've bought all these things that haven't really worked or you know they've kind of worked but uh for us a big one has been that ball pool she really loves that ball pool man does she does she have something like that she like like my son he has a thing called super wings ever since he he saw it he saw it as a, a, a little kid He's like, he comes home, that's all he wants to watch. If anything, that's what he wants. To, like, he's become, like, sort of obsessed. And I learned this, that children with autism, I learned through a show called Atypical on Netflix. That's, uh, mm -hmm. It's about a child with autism and how he, he's growing up with it. And he's obsessed He's obsessed with uh, penguins. Does your daughter have something along the lines of that? Yeah, she's got her iPad and she goes through phases. You know, uh... <laughs> It's funny, like she's going through a blondie phase. You know who Blondie is, right? Yeah. Yeah. My daughter loves to sing. You know, you can't really like you can't 100 percent make out what she's singing, but the other day, dude, she was like for like an hour or two singing Blondie. So right now she's going through her blondie phase. But she has her iPad and uh, you know, we have like YouTube kids, but even then, you know, some adult stuff will come on it. We put, you know, mm. even with the filters. But um, we just let her go at it with the iPad. You know, she just goes through phases. It just depends, you know, how she's feeling. Got it, got it. We I put on this uh on YouTube uh this the cart three D cartoon called Dave and Ava. It's like a musical. Uh this is a girl called Gracie Corner, any uh Mother Goose Club and Super Wings. Those those are like the four typical things they would sit there and watch. Well, listen, in the playroom, we also have a TV up on the wall. And uh I set the channel to baby TV. Have you ever seen the baby TV? No, Bro, they oh man, you'll love it because they'll have like uh you know it's baby TV and the music will be classical, like classical like violins and all that. Mm. Bro, it is calming. And then at nighttime they'll put on like even more calming for bedtime. 
And uh, man, I am a huge fan of baby TV because even if you put on like Nickelodeon or Disney, some of those uh, cartoons, they kind of make me anxious. Like just, just too much, you know? Yes, but yes. baby TV, and if you're going to play TV and, and he'll he'll tolerate it, dude, baby TV is, for me, I love it. It's a, it's like a godsend because that will just calm the house down. So, uh, you know, I, I give her the iPad. She can put on where she wants. But on TV, whenever I'm there, it's always baby TV. But on classical music, it just try to calm everybody down. That's crazy because my son loves classical music too. Like uh, he hums, uh, was it Wolf Gap? Hmm, 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 hmm. He hums baby that. TV, man. <laughs> baby he hums TV, that. Uh, classic. You know, he'll go on YouTube. Like he's developed a skill to like search on YouTube and do everything himself. And uh, mm -hmm. he'll put like some reason form classic music. And I'm here like, what is that? What is that music? And when I come here, see him surfing and he's laying there and just, you know, relaxing, listening to it. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And then the characters on the baby TV, they're dressed up like princes and princesses from old times. They have their violins and their cellos. It's, uh, it's awesome. And you'll like it. Go check it out. I definitely got to check it out. Um, In your book, why was it uh, you you put blueprint? What makes it the blueprint? Because, you know, there definitely is a process to anything. So, yeah. you know, one thing I have in the book is a, bunk, a bunch of checklists. You know, if you're going to fly, if you're going to be traveling by air, you have this checklist. By car, that checklist. Because it's not the same experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, for instance, like, like air travel, I tell people, if possible, if you have time, go to the airport before the trip, walk around, have a coffee, you know, walk around with the kids, obviously. So that when they go there, it's not their very first time. So, you know, that's why I call it the blueprint, because there's definitely a process that, you know, that if true. you have the time for it, if you follow it, it'll just make your life a lot easier. Do, do you find yourself like priming your daughter, like preparing her? Like my son's like, okay, we got to go to bed. I'll start like for, let's say, 730. It's, time, it's almost time to go to bed. It's almost time to take a shower and prepare him like, if it's the morning, prepare him for things we have to do throughout the day, like haircut. He hates haircuts. It's like a, a whole ordeal, daughter. man. Oh, yeah. oh yes. man. It's and I'm like, okay, you know, if the, the haircut's on Saturday, I'll start Monday. Remember, Saturday, mm -hmm. we gotta go to haircut. And then, you know, remember Saturday and, and I'll and I'll do that through the week. You know, it works because, you know, little by little he'll start preparing himself. You know, outcome probably the same, but he already knows the experience. He knows what to expect. So he gets yeah, same thing. Here. We, talk, we talk to our kids. Yeah, we talk to them and give them expectations, and it's respectful of them. It's a way of respecting them. Yeah, mm -hmm. so we definitely that's that's part of our uh, our daily routine. Yeah, I think, and he's, even as a normal parent, like we should talk to our kids. I think that's one thing that we're missing, and at least in the culture I live in over here, it's. We stopped talking to our kids. We start. We, we started like um, we're always telling them no and not giving them a reason why. So when they grow older, but not they're asking like, them. Yeah, but not asking. What do you want? What like my look, my daughter? You really can't have that conversation with her. But my four year old boy, you can. So when he says no, but okay, Ignacio, what do you want to do? And he'll kind of like look at me because he doesn't even know what he wants. He just knows that he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> but. I'll ask him, what do you want? And eventually he'll settle on, on what he wants. And then you don't have a tantrum. It's like when we bathe him, um, he'll want to get dinosaurs with him. Well, if I take the dinosaurs, it's never what he wants. Okay, Ignacio, we're taking a bath now. Get your dinosaurs. So then he, he'll probably pick the same dinosaurs I would have picked. But because he picked them, it's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I had that same yeah. problem uh uh when uh we're, we have the tv and uh we have uh because it's on prime uh i was like pick your episode so he here either stay there look at me or stays just swiping 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 next thing you know it's like 15 minutes and i'm still standing there and he doesn't know which one to pick i'm like just pick one all right i'm gonna pick this one i pick it he doesn't want it he'll do he'll do like scroll down three times then and then four back and pick the same one I picked and he wants that one. <laughs> yeah. So you know, kids they want to feel like they're in control. So you know, I, I try as much as possible. Okay, Ignacio. I mean, sometimes it's like, look, you're gonna do this whether you like it or not, right? But other times, it it's not that black and white. So I try to involve the kids as much as possible. Yeah. So.
Yeah, and that's very important. That's how they create uh, socialize and know know how to do things. You know, yes. a, a lot of uh, parents when I when I've talked to them, you know, they'll just sit there and 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 let them be in their own space and like you kind of trying to you got to try to like little by little push them out and interact. Like uh, when we when he we, his first diagnosed. You know, we let them be and, and kept them away from the family when we had these uh, gatherings in our home. But, let, you know, but then as the year progressed, we, you know, incorporate them in. You know, like it's like when I wash my car, you know, like, come on, puppy, you know, we'll take it. I'll show him, you know, uh, hand, uh, how is it called? Hand on hand and let him do it. And then he'll try to do it and then he'll stop nice. and they'll do it again. So, like, these things can be taught. Like even brushing his teeth, hand on hand, you show him, you give him a visualization, how we, how you do it, you try to do him, then slowly he'll start learning how to do it for himself. You got yeah, it. And then like, him. absolutely. And then like in the bathroom, get the picture cards. Like this is, you yeah. know, this is the bathroom. This is the sink. This is what it's called. This is what you do in it. So, you know, we have those all over the house. Yeah. And it's a lot of work, but it's like, this is what you're supposed to do as a parent because a child like you can't expect i had this conversation with one of the therapists you can't expect a child to know whether he's special need or not you can't expect him to know it's not like he was born yesterday and he's Einstein that knows you know like it takes time and development that you know how else would he's going to be able to pick about his own bottle or, or, or fork to feed himself you, you got to teach him and i and i think you know we uh i think society puts a lot of um pressure on children but also like you know we have to let them be kids like it's like i don't know about you but like nowadays you're, you're putting your you're you're preparing your kid for school always since he's two and pre-k yeah. and like at, at what point does he like have time to be a kid you know that's one of the things i i, I consider with my son like i need you know i need my son to have an experience because you know as adults you know, we get burned out. But you know, what I think happens also with uh, some parents is that they forget what it was like to be a kid. Yes. Like me, I, I don't know why, but I have vivid memories of being a kid, of being frustrated, being angry, where it seems like um, my parents' generation, they didn't have that um, that sense of what it was like to be a kid. So if you can remember that, of what it was like for you, it makes it easier to be gentler with your kids because you can remember what they're going through with their frustrations and stuff. Yeah, yes, that's one 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 uh hundred percent facts. Like for me, like when I go to the park, one of the main things I used to love going to the park, you know, play basketball, uh, tag, hide and go seek, like, uh, baseball. Like I want my son to have it. Like I, I, you know, we play tag, or try to play tag. But these are uh, uh, vital things that kids that they need that. But everything mm -hmm. is, you know, everything they they want set them preparation because obviously when you're prepared you have better chance to be successful but like it's that you know it's like um i saw the, this movie king richard uh serena williams and venus williams dad right mm -hmm. yeah. about their life and where once they got to a program they're like he's gonna wait they have to be kids when they're ready they start you know playing tennis pro but you have to let them be kids and and it, i understood that because if you put a child so much pressure on a child you know sooner or later they're going to break it's going to get difficult for them well it's like tiger woods his dad put a lot of pressure on him when he was very young he is he is like the goat of uh of golf yeah but uh 100 he's had he's had he's had some pretty epic uh you know public meltdown so yeah I, I totally feel you man yeah same thing and this is why it's so important you have to have you know teach your kids to socialize you know make them a part of things but also you know don't forget to have fun once in a while <laughs> that's right well my daughter you know like keep them involved uh this is something that people with autistic kids might find is that they like to withdraw so my daughter what she would do in the playroom is that she would hide under all her toys and i used to think oh how cute but then one day my wife said look no you can't let her do that because the therapist says that autistic kids they try to withdraw so uh that's something to be aware of as, a, as an autistic yeah. parent is that uh it looks cute as hell when they like make a little cave in the playroom but as much as possible, try to get them out because in the long run, it's going to help them with their socialization. Yeah. And also, like, try to have a balance, too, because sometimes people get, get overwhelming. Like, for me, I know as an adult, sometimes I need to 
take a step back because everything you gotta balance it out sometimes mm-hmm. and to have that interaction because then you have you know some kids are, are totally loud and and uh, like my son he has uh high sensitivity he gets overwhelmed quickly so when you have uh, uh like my grandson he comes over playing basketball he's loud so you see him start slowly moving but then we let him and then we bring him back and then now and now what he does is he'll leave and then come back and so he's able okay. to calm himself down. And, you know, like an adult, it's it's a work in progress. That's good, man. That's great. Yeah, each kid is different. Like, my, you know, my daughter's behavior is different than yours. So, like, you know, people are listening to this conversation right now. It's like um, there some kids will be like yours and some kids will be like my daughter. I mean, maybe – and it might be like a gender thing. I think that uh, girls are just easier than boys. So, you know, <laughs> you yeah. got that. But uh, like my boy, my four-year-old, uh, he's neurotypical. But, man, he's a handful. Oh, my goodness. And yeah. my daughter, she's a girl, so it's you know, like flash we, going back I, and forth. Oh my god, dude! And then all he wants to do is fight, like somehow or another, like maybe a school <laughs> or something. <laughs> See, that has to be a boy thing because mine does that all the time. My my yeah. my son is freakly uh, strong and aggressive, so when he has uh, high anxiety, you see him start to bite his hand. He he has created a calyx on on his left hand, so he's like, oh, he has anxiety. Can so you put I, him? Can you put him in Brazilian jiu-jitsu? Because I've seen kids with disabilities. You know, I try I, I try to put him in karate. I try to put him in karate. But, you know, the focus, the focus, like, he, he's like, he doesn't care. He'll keep moving. Now you'll tell him, stop. Now you got to go, hey, I need you to do this. But, you know, he still doesn't have that focus and understanding on how to, you know, not receive older, but comply what you need to do. He hasn't gotten Look, that yet. I've look. I did kung fu when I was a kid, and I've done Brazilian jiu jitsu. I think that the the karate, it, it might be too structured. Whereas mm. Brazilian jiu jitsu, you're rolling on, especially at six years old, you're just rolling. So I think that uh maybe with the karate, you might be asking too much. Whereas with the jiu jitsu, it's it's more basic, it's more yeah. basic and uh, and it's more physical. You know, with these kids, sometimes you just got to run them out, get the energy yeah. out of them, and yeah. uh. You know, having trained both systems, nothing is as hard as Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Oh my goodness, that's hard. Mm-hmm. So uh, maybe with the karate, it might it might have just been the wrong martial art. Jiu-Jitsu might be the way to go. You know, I, and it was crazy because I'm always rolling with them on the floor, and I'm always teaching. And they love it. They yeah. love it. I think what what got me turned off is like uh, when I I brought it to my because uh, in Jiu-Jitsu, you know, you call them professor. I, I uh, he's he turned me down. Because he didn't have enough experience. Uh, he well, he doesn't have experience with autism, so that but that kind of me, like, turned me off. Like, so let me try um, this karate guy because he has he has worked with children with special need, not just autism, but another aspect. And you know, when you when they show you that brochure, you know that's that's the self for itself, right? So I took him there, and um, he was able to do two or three things, but then you know, boom. It'll disappear and start running because everything's mats. But uh nah, I think you you're you're onto something. I think you're onto something. And listen, you know, in defense of that that Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu instructor, dude, I understand some people they just they don't have the patience for it, they don't have yeah. the training for it. But that doesn't mean that there's nobody out there doing BJJ who could who would work with your son. Because dude, I've seen like you go on YouTube, if you put BJJ autism, BJJ um special needs. You're gonna see some kids like without hands and feet and whatever doing it. So, uh, you know, but not every BJJ instructor could mm-hmm. deal with that kid, but some people can, and and they make champs out of them. So you might have just had that like one time experience, and you know, don't judge because you know, mm-hmm. not everybody in the same. See, boat I'm not. I've never thought of. I never thought of that. So thank you. Like I've always thought about like buying some mats and, and throw them on the front home because we're always wrestling, you know. But. uh you know, I don't, I, I don't, I mean, we're already doing it. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> how, how, the how thing about at yeah. home, the thing about doing it at home is that your boy is not going to pay attention to you the way he will to a professor. That's just yes. how, whether they're autistic, neurotypical, don't matter, dude. Like my little boy, I take him to school. He will do whatever the lady tells him to do. Yes. But me, yes. oh my, it's a, everything with me is a negotiation. <laughs> you know, <so. laughs> I mean, you are a real estate agent. They start young, you know. 
But you know what? He he's a whole different level of negotiation, you know. So oh, uh man. so yeah, it's fun to roll with the kids at home and the kids love it. They go bananas over it. Like me, like the playroom, it's got it's all padded floors and walls. But um, you can't think of well, he won't pay attention to me at, at the house, he won't pay attention to the professor. Yeah, he will. I, yeah. I guarantee you you'll pay yeah. him that, that man more mind than he ever pays you, bro. It's just dude, that's that's, just how kids that's one of the reasons like when we had AB at home, I wanted him to go to a center. Because here at home, man, he that poor lady. Oh, I was sit there and just laugh. He he gave her he gave her a run for her money. Like a couple. You her money, huh? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> man. Yeah, but um, how long how long did you do uh, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu? I only did it for two years. You know, not that long. Uh, just work got in the way. I'd like to get back into it. I'm definitely getting my boy into it. I mean, yeah. like, uh, I'm either gonna get him into BJJ or to judo. Just because uh, at that young age, remember when you were a little kid, when mm -hmm. you fought, you just pushed each other. You didn't punch each other. You didn't kick yes, each other. It was yes. all pushing. So definitely like or a you grappling. Would, you, you would grab him by the head and you, you give him one of these. But that's grappling. But that's grappling. So, you know, my boy, like maybe like next year, like right now, he's just, he's four. He's too young. He wouldn't get it. But uh, it'll just depend on what's closer. If, it, if there's a judo school closer and it's better, I'll put him there. If it's BJJ, I'll put him there. But it's definitely going to be a grappling sport because at, at that young age, it's grappling. You know, they can learn how yeah. to kick and punch from their Yeah. Like, I would like to put mine uh, and if not jujitsu, then in wrestling at first. Like, the thing with wrestling is, like, if it's not in a school, like, there's no wrestling yeah. schools. Yeah. Around. In Miami, that I know of, there's no wrestling schools. You have to wait till like, you're in junior high school. Yeah, there's no, yeah, that's old. here the same thing. There's no, when yeah, I, yeah, there's hard. no, like, there's no academy for us. It's, it's mostly jujitsu, some Aikido, you know, regular karate, Taekwondo. Um, but yeah, we'd like to eventually put them there. But, you know, I think BJJ's way to go. Yeah, I, I think that just because of uh, the nature of the grappling, like even like judo, you're standing up and it might be mentally too much. Whereas jujitsu, you're on the ground, you're just rolling around. So I think that uh, mentally, you know, for kids that aren't, you know, my nonverbal daughter, she doesn't have that focus. But, uh, you know, like thinking of a boy, I think that on the floor, it's just going to connect easier. And I think that will also give him a better sense of his physical space. Because when you have another person on you or you're on top of them, that's a whole different level of connection than when you're just like kicking and punching and doing katas at a karate mm -hmm. school. So, I mean, like, um, you know, my boy's neurotypical. So it'll be either judo or BJJ. But if he was autistic, it would be BJJ. Just there's no doubt about it. That is is the the sport to go with for kids like ours. Yeah, I agree 100. Were you able to uh, get your blue belt? I mean, two years. Man, you know what? I never even got my belt. But this was a tough school. Look, one time we had uh another school coming, you know, from Brazil coming and visit ours. I was a white belt, and I tapped out a purple belt. So like this school to get a belt was hard because, you know, to tap out a purple belt, that's in my school. I was never going to tap a purple belt, but these traveling schools, they came and I tapped a purple belt. But uh, so it was a really hard school. I never even got my, my belt, but uh, but still, it's a great experience, you know, so I know. I think, I think it's all, just you know? the, the what I've seen, the, the different philosophies between schools like uh, like mine. I think I always got two years and graduated. To, to blue belt i see other schools like oh well every six months like i have met people yeah, yeah from, they're on a schedule yeah like every six yeah, months you know somebody graduates a blue belt and I, I i i just find it like the logic behind that i, I don't understand <laughs> because no. they're not I mean, maybe if you were like yeah yeah maybe if you were 18 years old and went six days a week you in my school you might have got it in six months but uh otherwise so yeah, it just depends. Like some schools, like they just you just pay, you pay to play, you know. You pay mm -hmm. and in a year you get this, until you get that. But at my school, it wasn't that. We had to earn it. So I never got my blue belt, but still it was fantastic uh training. You know, and that's one why day I was gonna I did it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It's it's definitely good. I know one of the things I liked about uh Brazilian Jiu Jitsu is that I was able to calm my anxiety. Like you haven't you you're you're rolling with somebody. And like, the better you're able to control yourself, the better the role you'll go. Oh yeah. If you if sure. you go in, you know, you, like sometimes I was get out to work and go stressed out. Like I you know I was tapping out left and right, or mm -hmm. like if you know the time will go out, I know I wasn't successful. But you know the days that I was able to 
compose myself and just you know go with the flow like i was more successful at it absolutely and you know than you know when i was stressed so i i definitely enjoy it i, I definitely gonna take your advice man yeah so i think that you know, if you think about that with your boy like his anxieties and, and whatever he's dealing with that uh i mean I, you know at first he might freak out you, I, you know i don't think he'll freak out honestly now i think about it uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu nah, because you probably like it. No one's punching you, no one's kicking you, no one's throwing you to the ground. It's pretty controlled. And at six years old, I mean, they can't do much anyways. So um, I think that, yeah. And I was like you when I first started doing Brazilian jiu-jitsu, like you think you're gonna die. Like you literally think that, oh my God, I'm going to like this guy's gonna drown me in his gi. And after a while, you get composure and, and you know, you're like, oh no, I'm good here. You know, man. So I'm gonna be honest with you, that was my experience. <laughs> like I I went like I remember the first day. I think I had him. I had somebody like in the, in the, uh, what is it the um Chris Jericho lock a wrestling move, like uh, break the legs up. Like I had somebody like that who was like a blue belt, because I went in this mm -hmm. all grappling and and majority of people that jujitsu over here that I've noticed like they have a wrestling background, and because I, I you know I I'm a big you know big wrestling fan, like ah. Uh, all right, let's do this. This gave me a reason to to roll with them. And uh yeah. <laughs> it was fun. But listen, fun. with the wrestling, definitely when your boys in junior high school, that's when they start the wrestling programs, get them in wrestling cuz wrestling is the bomb. But at 6 years old, I mean, at least in Miami, you're not going to find a wrestling school. They just don't exist. Mm. What what some what some of the schools are over there in Miami? Well, here, you know, you have BJJ, you got judo, you got all these like taekwondo, whatever, which, you know, like, honestly, I think is a waste of time. But, um, but as far as like wrestling, I, you know, because I'm looking for my boy, I haven't found a wrestling school. But, you know, when junior high is still fine. I mean, look at, uh, you know, who Shogun is, right? Yeah. Bro, he didn't start training until he was 15 and that guy became a champ. Mm -hmm. So uh, you could be pretty old and still be pretty good. And junior high school, I think you're like 12 when you started. So if your boy... If he starts uh, BJJ now in our year, and then when he's 12, starts wrestling, bro, he's going to be a beast. So, you know, I, I think that time is still on your side for sure. Do you do you follow these, like, uh, mixed martial art trends? Like, you have, um, like, uh, damn, what's the name? Like, Gordon Ryan, uh, that's famous. I, I like, used to. There's too much then, to follow. Well, the thing so is much. also, it, it just became too much of, like, like, a shit show. You know, just, like, I'm all about like the camaraderie and the training and the physicality, but now it's just like, it's too much of a show. That, I'm kind yeah. of a little, a little turned off, but I'm not turned off on MMA. I think MMA is the bomb, but like the UFC, I'm not such a fan anymore, but the training and the sport aspect, I, mm -hmm. bro, I think it's awesome. I love it. Yeah. Like uh, UFC is good, but I think sometimes it's like a novella, like a soap opera. Yeah, um, I've been watching a lot of uh, One Champion, which is it's it's different. It's like the same but different because it, it, it's each event like it will give you kickboxing, it'll give you a, a whole just jujitsu submission, it'll give you some MMA. So like it incorporates a lot of different types of martial arts. Uh, I don't know that one. I don't know. I check it out. Yeah, One Champion. That's majority of like famous people that do jujitsu alone. You'll find them. In in uh, one champion because it gives him that platform. Oh, cool! And you probably heard of like the the ADCC, the Abu Dhabi Combat Championship. Yeah, yes, yes. Like pure grappling. That's I like that too. That's pretty cool. That's like, like they had it last year when that's like the Olympics of of, of Brazil. Yeah, that's like the Olympics of BJJ. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, so I I'll watch that rather than like a a UFC thing. Cause it's just it's just too much. It's like a soap opera, you know. Right now they got like Connor. You don't know if he's gonna fight or who's gonna fight. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a whole like yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like it's, the whole it's all, behind, yeah. behind the scene. Yeah, so, so I'm not a big uh, fan of that. And then you know to geek up uh, to keep up with that, you gotta watch um, uh, like the the series, the contender or something like that to keep mm -hmm. up what's going on and why there's like yeah. it's just like a soap opera, man. <laughs> <laughs> And I get it. I mean, they're making a ton of money. But look, if every UFC fighter was Khabib, I would be the biggest fan ever. Right? Because that guy's legit. He's squared away. He's a good person. He's a good human being. But uh, it's getting to be too much like Conor McGregor. Like, it's like, dude, the guy is like a dog on rabies. 
it's like dude chill out you know like <laughs> it's it's, it's all about it's they took what they did in wrestling and wwe that's, yes, what con- that's exactly that's what I was to 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 sell money and i get it, it's a gimmick um it's and then everybody has that yeah everybody's trying to be like that to get the big dollars which i don't judge them you know you got to get your money but man it's like it's another gimmick come again i miss i miss Kobe. i wish he, he would give me one give one more fight but uh he's not going to <laughs> we'll see but anyways i would tell people don't get turned off from uh from martial arts because the ufc because that doesn't change anything martial arts is still like oh you know who uh obviously you know who mark zuckerberg is right yeah yes bro he yes. just won he won he didn't just win the contest he won the black belt division so it's like so it's like it's legit and like serious people are doing it right so uh yeah. it's like don't let the ufc you know like i'll tell people who are listening to this don't let the ufc turn you off to mma because mma is awesome mm-hmm. just uh like in a different environment like dude like when i saw mark zuckerberg honestly you know what i thought i thought this is like an ai deep fake that ain't mark zuckerberg yeah. then i saw it on joe rogan where joe yeah mark zuckerberg won the contest like, okay then it must be for real he won yeah. the black belt division <laughs> like who yeah. saw that coming but, but he also got good trainers he's training with um uh, oh yeah he's got the best he, he, you know you got money for that you got money for that you know like i would like to see him uh you know roll with tom hardy with somebody that like he's he's not more of like paying people to to roll like to teach him but like he'll just show up at a school and just start doing it with regular people that's the type of uh, person tom hardy is oh tom oh yeah but tom hardy yeah but you know what if you think about it, like celebrity level and not that mark zuckerberg is a celebrity but he's a billionaire yeah uh, a lot of people don't like him because they don't like facebook so who knows if he's gonna do that but so tom hardy's a whole different beast you know yeah. And you have all these celebrities doing uh, um, uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. You got, you know, Keanu Reed. You got, you know, Batista. You got um, uh, Aquaman. They started doing it. Who's hanging a lot with, with uh, Gordon Ryan? Really? There's a bunch. There's a bunch of of, of uh, what's his name? Uh, Charlotte Buff does Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Um, what's this guy's name? Um, he used to be chubby. Now he's skinny. He's in super bad. Oh yeah, yeah. I know he's talking about. I, I can't think of his uh, name. Jonah Hill. Jonah Hill. Yeah, Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill. Yeah, he does. Brazilian yeah, so Jiu-Jitsu. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, bro, is the way to go. So you know, get your boy in that as soon as you can. There you go. Um, Victor's been an honor talking to you, man. Definitely enjoyed. Yeah, like uh, definitely enjoyed this experience. Uh, thank you for sharing so much. Uh, thank you for giving me advice. I needed that. Um, I really appreciate it. Uh, before we go, please tell the people that can find you, find your book anything you need to put out there okay so i'll just give my website you can find me at miamiautismdad.com obviously i'm miami based hence the the miami i'm a real estate agent and you can find my book uh, at my website boom there you go guys uh make sure you go follow him go support him go check him out um go check his blog go check his website make sure you follow me at uh dream inspire obtain Go to uh, Deal Talk TV. Like and subscribe on YouTube. I'm out, guys. Have a good night.